I'm aware that many viewers of Reading Between the Lines are on the younger side, so in today's episode I will try to be delicate. Uh, it's always best to be delicate when considering circumcision. Um, yesterday we thought about the covenant. We thought about God's blood earnest oath that he will be our God and we will be his people. And we thought about Abram wanting to know for certain that God will come through on his promises. And we saw in Genesis 15 how God cut a covenant with Abram. That's the word that Hebrew speakers use when they speak of the covenant. They wouldn't say they make a covenant so much as they cut a covenant. And in Genesis 15, we saw why it speaks of cutting. Uh, the covenant vows are pronounced in the midst of cut animals. The promises were blood oaths that spoke of how the Lord himself would be cut off in order to underwrite the covenant so that we might not be cut off. Now, covenants always have signs attached to them, tangible tokens of God's promise that you can look to. The covenant with Noah had the sign of a rainbow attached. The rainbow is a thing that you can look to and remember the covenant. What about Abraham's covenant? What is its sign? Well, it's a cutting sign. In fact, the word for circumcision is the word for cutting off. And so in Genesis 17, as the covenant sign of circumcision is introduced, listen out for all the cutting language. Uh, Genesis chapter 17 from verse 1. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Then I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Abram fell face down and said, and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations come from you, and kings will come from you. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants, i.e. your seed, your offspring after you, for generations to come, to be your God and the God of your offspring after you. The whole land of Canaan, where you now reside as a foreigner, I will give you as an everlasting possession to you and your offspring after you, and I will be their God. Then God said to Abraham, As for you, you must keep my covenant, you and your descendants after you, for the generations to come. This is my covenant with you and your descendants after you, the covenant that you are to keep. Every male among you shall be circumcised. You are to undergo circumcision, and it will be the sign of the covenant between me and you. For the generations to come, every male among you who is eight days old must be circumcised, including those born in your household or bought with money from a foreigner, those who are not your offspring. Whether born in your household or bought with your money, they must be circumcised. My covenant in your flesh is to be an everlasting covenant." Any uncircumcised male who has not been circumcised in the flesh will be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. So did you notice all the cutting language that's spoken of here? The covenant is cut, uh, and the covenant sign, circumcision, is about cutting. And if you don't own this covenant sign of cutting, you yourself will be cut off. So cutting is a big word in this passage. But the other big word in this passage is the word seed or offspring. In fact, the word seed or offspring occurs seven times here in Genesis 17. Abraham is reminded again and again that the promises of God are for his seed, for his offspring. 
And again, we're remembering back to Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, the seed, the promised one. Christ underwrites all these promises. Well then, if the seed is so important, doesn't it seem a little dangerous to be cutting off the flesh down there? Aren't the Israelites doing something perilously close to cutting off the seed? Indeed they are, but that's the point. The sign of the covenant will be a bloody pre-enactment of the cutting off of the seed, Jesus Christ. Abrahamites will wear in their bodies a symbol of the cross, the true cutting off. For when the Lord Christ is cut off on the cross, we are spared from being cut off. As members of these Jewish households grew up in the Old Testament, they would be urged again and again to have a circumcision of the heart. That's what Moses and Jeremiah, for instance, speak of continually. They are meant to own personally and inwardly the sign that was given to them corporately and outwardly. But the sign itself is, as Paul says in Romans chapter 4, verse 11, it is a sign of righteousness by faith. That's what circumcision is. Those who had the sign of the covenant cut into their flesh were meant to look beyond it to the one who was cut off for them, the offspring, the Messiah. The outward sign came first, and then the Israelites were to grow up under that sign and to grow up into that faith which the sign pointed to. Circumcision was never meant to be a badge of pride. It's not something that you could show off. It was never meant to be a human work to please God. It's not about your devotion being proclaimed to God or the world. Actually, it was a sign of God's covenant love given to you. And it was given to the Israelites even as helpless, unresponsive, eight-day-old males. Today, uh, we do not put a bloody sign of the covenant onto our bodies. That would be completely inappropriate now that the seed, Jesus, has been cut off on the cross. Instead, we have a water sign, baptism. Colossians 2 speaks of how baptism and, uh, and the covenant of circumcision speak of the same reality. They are both signs and seals of God's covenant love. And the people of God are meant to own these signs and grow up into these signs and to own the realities to which they point. Consider these words from the French Reformed Baptism Service. I think they capture beautifully what it means to grow up under the sign of covenant love. May these promises surround you today. Little child, for you Jesus Christ came into the world. For you he labored and suffered. For you he went through the agony of Gethsemane and the darkness of Calvary. For you he cried, it is finished. For you he died, and for you he triumphed over death. Yes, for you, little child. And so the declaration holds true. We love God because he first loved us. 